This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. I'm Morgan. I'm a publicist. I'm Linda, and I'm a writer and editor. This is Drink. Drink. Drunk. A grammar show with a drinking problem. You know what I just thought? Hmm. One day we should do that in the other order. We'll do what? You go first. Well, I, yeah, we can, but you, you know, when we tried to do that before, there's like silence when you guys just look at me. Yeah, no, we can. You just like, you, right, you trash really it, own it. it. No, you really, you own it. You lead it. I look to you for my cues. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I wouldn't even, like, literally just now I was like, how would I start it? I'm like, like, I panic. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Hi, I'm Linda. That's how I would start it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, well, that's terrible. Fine. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> Go back to the old way. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Morgan. Yeah, it's better. I don't say hi. Oh, you don't? <laughs> oh, God. See, that would be terrible. Have you ever listened to this show? No. <laughs> Makes me nervous. <laughs> hi, guys. Okay. Speaking of, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> we have some what we're doing. exciting news for our editing friends. Yeah. And who live in a specific part of the United States. <laughs> yeah. I want to go. We're talking to you, the Northwest Independent Editors Guild. Or people near there. Yeah. Or people near there. You should go to the Northwest Independent Editors Guild conference. It's in September, Saturday, September 23rd. They're 10 miles northeast of Seattle, a beautiful city, which I would love oh to revisit because I went there once and had to leave immediately. Why? Because my milk ducks got plugged. Oh, I remember that. TMI. Yep. Working mom. Hashtag working mom. Weren't you just accompanying Brian? They weren't really no, working. No, uh-uh. <laughs> no, uh-uh. that's not true. Oh yeah, that's right. You were that's working. Not true. Sorry, 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 sorry. <sighs> Undermining me every step of the way. Yeah. So this is a full day editing conference. Oh, it's God. held every other year. It's open to all editors, word nerds alike. It's designed for editors of the written word. It's appropriate for all experience levels. Uh, basically, it's like a smaller regional ASIS that has that like cool laid back West Coast. And we were invited. Well, yeah. I wasn't <laughs> invited, but you two are invited apparently. I want to yeah. go so bad, but we have a wedding that weekend. Mm. Yes. We're both, we're both in a wedding. We're getting married. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just do it. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, you should all go register. It's edsguild.org, E-D-S-G-U-I-L-D.org. The registration should be open by the time you are hearing this. And there is early bird pricing. So get in, get on it, go see a fucking whale. Sing a song to me while you're looking at it. Yeah, and diagram it for me. (laughs) Diagram it? Diagram your song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something just happened to you <laughs> I think I like hit the threshold of like I went from tipsy to drunk <laughs> perfect um, no I really wish we could go to that conference I'm sad I know me too maybe next year well we'll, t- we'll shout it out again before in case you guys forget and you're not at your computer right now because anybody who is there should go write it down sounds really fun yeah okay anyway all right other breaking news. Okay. Oh, wait, first I have to ask you some questions. Uh-huh. Linda and Brian. Mm-hmm. Did you use a dial-up modem when you were in school or university? Yes. You mean 
at school or during the school years? Like when you had to do research for your papers. Well, not in at, college. As you all know, I didn't write papers, but um, yeah. Oh, I have fine. To look at porn. About these. <laughs> um, I mean, when I was a kid, we had dial-up modem. Okay, fine. When I was in high school, we had dial-up modem. Did you ever own New Kids on the Block merchandise? No. No. What about? Oh, have you ever made a mixtape for somebody on yes. real tape? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Just the other day. Wow. <laughs> kidding, but I wish I still did. You know What mixtapes did you make, Linda? And for who? For whom? I don't know. For who? myself, basically. But um, I would also make them for my best friend. And did you ever make one for a boy? No. Mm. Um, but I would. I did the thing where you like would listen to the radio station and like yes. wait for the song, and you just keep hitting record right before the song plays. Didn't you once tell me you did a well, whole that's cassette not a of That's just pirate. My heart will go on. Yes, a whole because they had very they had all these different <laughs> versions of My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> and who'd you give that to yourself? Yeah. Okay. So like you know how they had those they used to do those songs where they would put in the movie words in the like breaks of the song. Mm. And so they did it for a bunch of different movies, but they did it for Titanic. But they had so many versions for Titanic. So I would just... You're so excited right now. <laughs> I would troll the radio and the radio find them all. Yeah. And they would be like, coming up in the next half hour, my heart will go on. And then you yeah. just have to fucking sit there and wait. Sit there, yeah. I feel like I make fun of you a lot for things like this. So <laughs> in all fairness... I definitely used to wait. I remember waiting for that Blind Melon song to come on. Oh, with the girl on the Fat Bumblebee really like song, outfit? Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that song going to come on? And then it came on. I got pumped. That was um, lame. I bet you made a mixtape for a girl. Oh, my God. I made one for you, probably. Not <laughs> I, I mean, no, them, a CD but you like, made I even knew. I, yeah, I had like standards and all of yeah. yeah. Oh, you gave favorite. me the one you gave all the Every sluts. dude It had some age. other girl's name on it crossed <laughs> yeah, Every Every guy in like my... like. My social circle, or whatever. Yeah. Subculture made mixtapes for girls. Sometimes, That's all we could do. Sometimes if I hear care. a song on the radio or something, automatically right after it's over, I imagine the next song being the one that was on my mixtape after that song. Interesting. You know wow. what I mean? Because I like remember them so specifically and together. The question, Morgan, wasn't did I make a mixtape? Is how much time did I spend and, and yeah. thought into the the order? Mm. And and the meaning behind all the songs, mm. and there's like 98% chance or 98% of the time, all the girls I gave them to never listened to them. Mm. But man, they were works of art. I'm sure they oh. were. Maybe they still listen to them. I don't know. I don't think so. I was a big loser. I don't know. Oh, you don't do say. Think? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Shocking. Were you actually scared the first time you saw the Goonies? No. No. I was. Oh. I think I'm just a big wimp. I was super scared. Scared of what? That's weird because I'm like, I get, I can't even watch like scary, I can't even watch Halloween versions of like family shows because yeah. I get so scared. Goonies <laughs> isn't scary though. I was scared of that guy. What's his name? Chunk. No, Chunk's the kid. Oh. Um, sloth. 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 Yeah. Um, My sister had a sleepover party and her friends all watched it. I feel like my mom, I, I don't. This might not even be true, but everybody laid like under the dining room table on sleeping bags, like and like it was like a fort, and there was like the TV on the floor, and everyone watched the Goonies, and I was really scared. Mm. Um, Maybe you're too young. You well, we'll get to that. So, also, did you think call waiting was a technological advance of a generation? Yes. Yeah. I was fucking amazed when call waiting came uh, out. It was the best. 
Um, so there's a lot more questions. I'm taking this quiz on The Guardian. And okay. the, they have a little bit of a UK twinge. And they put you Yeah, in I know favorite. it's university. And I don't, yeah. I don't buy any of that. Um, so anyway. Anything you say. Do, <laughs> judging by your answers, you are a drum roll, please. Zenial. Okay, what is that? So this is a... <laughs> <laughs> this is a new thing. Mm-hmm. It is this... Uh, micro generation, so cute, mm-hmm. between Gen X and Millennials. Uh, the day that we were recording this, I saw every everybody I know was like putting on Facebook and it's everywhere. So I just picked up this Huffington Post article, but there's lots of them mm-hmm. out there. Um, so the Zennials are born between 1982. Oh, no, sorry. That's, <laughs> that's the Millennials are born between 82 and 2004. Gen X is supposed to be 61 to 81. The Xennials are born between 1977 and 1983. Ah, well, that's me. So that's Linda and that's Brian and apparently not me. No. I'm off by a year. I'm full millennial, full blown. Um, But I think it's just an old millennial. So funny that everybody who's like millennials and their microaggressions and their special snowflakes are like, we need a micro generation (laughs) to make us feel special. Yeah. Because we're not millennials. Yeah. (laughs) And we're not Gen X and we're super fucking special. So you're part of the problem. I am part of the problem. I don't, I like my new classification. Thank you. (laughs) So it's basically people who were, um, you had a analog childhood and a digital adulthood. They just did figure oh. quotations. So, um, and you have Gen X cynicism, cynicism, and millennial optimism and drive. I feel I know this is going to sound so stupid, but I do feel like that really does describe me. <laughs> yeah, no, I I do I I do agree that there's a very unique, not I don't want to say unique. It's like a specific kind of people that really did grow up without technology, but then by the time you like hit puberty, you had technology. Yeah, yeah. And it really shaped the way you communicated as adults, and that's yeah. what makes it hard. That's what is weird when there's millennials who were born in 2004, or even millennials who were born in 1994. Mm-hmm. You're like, how are we the same generation? Because you always knew, yeah, what the internet was. Yeah, um, I do think that's a funny thing, but I'm sure all generations have funny things um but that's kind of a big one because technology has yeah definitely shaped the entire world so these are people who uh there's this idea that there's a micro in between generation between the gen x who we think of as depressed flannel (laughs) shirt wearing grunge listening children that's funny and the millennials who get described as optimistic tech savvy and maybe a little bit too sure of themselves Mm. you had a childhood with youth and adolescents free of having to worry about social media posts and mobile phones. Um, the big different, uh, a different experiences play a role in how a person identifies with their cohort. A millennial, millennial who did not grow up with a lot of money would be less likely to get the same digital experience as a wealthy millennial or even a zennial who would have better access and understanding of technology. So it's all different. It's not, yeah, I mean, yeah. not every Gen Xer wears flannel and is moody. And not every millennial can do Snapchat and is happy. Like yeah. it's there, it's broad strokes. But I thought this was interesting. It's something it we talk about a lot. I'm um, glad to have a name ex- uh, besides old millennial, <laughs> Oregon Trail generation, Oregon Trail generation. Yeah, that's us. I think maybe I do like Oregon Trail generation better. I don't know if you're supposed to say Xennial or you're supposed to say like Xennial. 
because it's Gen X and Millennial. I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Hmm. Xennial. Hit me up if you know, guys. Okay, guys. So I do not know where this story stands now because I'm not from the future. But in present day, very late June, (laughs) practically July, the uh, New York Times has, um, you know, proposed or set forth some layoffs, (laughs) some fake, some fake fucking news, uh, laying off a portion of the staff, um, some of whom are copy editors and the who needs them (laughs) failing newspaper. (laughs) The uh, reporters on staff to uh, organized a, a mini walkout. They sent a letter to the executive editor and the managing editor uh, asking that these particular cuts not happen, saying that our editors ask smart questions, they engage passionately with our copy and serve as our safety nets. Editors, and yes, that especially means copy editors, save reporters and the Times every day from countless errors, large and small. And... I obviously fully agree. The New York Times is like one of the very last publications that employs a. I don't even want to say a lot, but copy editors, like yeah, a staff of copy editors. Um, They're being in PR. I almost never, ever, ever get called for something to be fact checked. Yeah, and one of the last times that happened was New York Times, Mm. and it's just you know three sentences. Blur three sentences about a new product, but they will call and they will yeah. read it to you and they will ask. And that's crucially important that somebody is doing that because yeah. it, news happens really fucking fast and everybody is trying to get on top of the story before the next guy. And it's very competitive. And that was part of the plan was to um, shift the balance of the newsroom headcount so they could have more reporters. So they're not just laying off people to save right. money. They're right, trying right, to right. reallocate the funds. Yeah. Which I get. But if you have more reporters and less people actually holding them to certain standards, that's... Yeah. Or holding holding their pieces to certain standards, that's um going to be a fail. Also, Ooh. promo alert if you want to get in the New York Times, hire Morgan. Yeah, Fuck there yeah. Apparently. Yep, <laughs> I have a question for you guys, I, although I probably know the answer. Because it just happened happens every day. I feel like every other article I read, and granted, these are no matter what publication on my phone. There's always a spelling error. Oh my god, it drives me crazy. And it's just, yeah, like dude, we don't even need an editor, just like a proofreader. Yeah, and I, yeah. I know it's quick and it comes out it's quick news, but it's it's so infuriating. It is, and I I don't know. So there are, and, and I know that I am super biased when I say this, but there are outlets that I read that I do not put that much credence in the news Reporting. That, that they are delivering to me, even mm-hmm. though I like might like them and I like their takes on things or whatever. Yeah. I do not always think that they are delivering fact to me because they have spelling errors or grammar errors, like you're saying, Brian. And it's like, if you can't even get your shit edited from a grammar standpoint, yeah. I don't think you're... I don't think you're checking any of this stuff. Yeah. Did you watch the the Comey testimonials? Yeah. The hearing. It, what was really interesting was, and just the way he said it, 
and he kind of felt like an insider, at least I did when he said it, talking about all the like excellent reporting from places like the Times and the Washington Post. Yeah. When he was just like, yeah, they're all totally wrong. Um, and we can't say anything about it. And I just, I got the glimpse of like the insiders, like, oh, the, the, like, the, the media in general could never know what's actually going on. And I'm like, yeah. man, all that awesome reporting probably is half it's inaccurate because. Not yeah. inaccurate because they are being inaccurate. No, inaccurate but because, well, yeah, because it's stuff none of us should the know. FBI they, don't, yeah. they don't know the whole story. Not yeah. allowed to say, like, actually, the drone went yeah. here. Like, yeah. And, so, and isn't that crazy, Brian? I think it's, to your point, it's just like, we know the tip of the iceberg like the tip basically. of the tip of the yeah, iceberg the tip of the tip of the iceberg and those are the places that have editors and there's the places below right. it they're like and they have investigative journalists news. and that's another thing yeah. that like yeah. a lot of places don't have they just repurpose yeah places content like the or people's content like the new york times um no it's fascinating and it's just like yeah that's um yeah well this letter that was sent to the editors um is really uh <laughs> Super interesting. I, it's really well written, obviously. Um, but I just like what they say. This uh, Writers are not in need of a companionable read before someone hits the send button. We don't need a stroke and a purr. We want forceful focus intellects brought to bear on our work. Oh, man. Um, your plan adds insult to injury by requiring many longtime highly skilled employees to apply an interview for a greatly diminished number of jobs. Requiring them to dance for their supper sends a clear message to them and to us that the respect we have shown the times will not be reciprocated. Ma'am. So who knows where, where this is going, but um, the outrage that the reporters and, their, um, and the colleagues of the copy editors have is encouraging at least. Yeah. And you found this, but also thank you to a listener, Kathy, who sent this along to us as well because yes. she... Um, thought we'd be interested and i am and we are uh speaking of fake news fake news so i just told morgan i was watching john oliver the other day and um his most recent episode at the time of this recording um they did a piece on vaccines you know how they do like one main yeah you know part um so they did a piece on vaccines. I forget exactly. Who needs them? Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> so I forget what he was um, specifically referring to. But, um, well, he was talking about how there's so many memes about vaccines out there in the world. Okay. It's like it shows like a baby doll with like a thousand needles put in it and like <laughs> this is good for your kid or like whatever yeah, and it's like if you are. wouldn't do this to the doll why would you do it yeah, to your baby stuff like that yeah. so he was talking about how there's so many memes for for that argument or whatever of not getting <laughs> vaccinated so and, stupid yeah and then he was talking about something that i kind of forget what it was but it was about like sort of just like repeating a process over and over and he was like and as many of you heard, have heard before, insanity, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm -hmm. And as maybe you know, Albert Einstein said that, except that he didn't because that is an internet meme and you shouldn't believe everything that you see on the goddamn internet. And, you know, that does sort of like tie into the copy everything or whatever, just about like yeah. checking things. Because the Times so would never funny. just assume that Albert Einstein said that. If it was in an article, yeah, they would yeah, look yeah. it up. And then they would be like, uh, no, he didn't. But guys. we've talked about these like fake quotes before and these fake all the time memes and these 
um, you know, quotes that are attributed. So it could be just like a made up thing, but it, it could yeah. also be like we've seen before, like an Ernest, Ernest Hemingway quote, but really it's like was from one of his books and one yeah. of the characters said it. So Ernest yeah. Hemingway didn't necessarily say it, but like, uh, yeah, he yeah. wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Or it's just total it. fucking bullshit where it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. freedom is a heavy burden to bear. Harriet Tubman. Yeah. <laughs> I nope. just made that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you see that, guess what? Harriet Tubman loved her freedom. She, never, she probably she didn't think that. it was a burden. <laughs> she never said that. Yeah. No. I just did on this podcast, but I know, somebody's going to make it into a that meme. That was quick, though, that you came up with that. Thank you. I'm really good at lying. <laughs> you should start a meme company. Do they pay well? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Can't get a job at the New York Times. Fuck. So another throwback to a, a conversation we've had before, mm. but not as long ago, just our last episode, actually. We talked about um, the woman, Frances, who wrote a letter mm. about her androgynous name yes. and how everyone think, assumes that she is. I remember her. A My man, aunt. Your aunt, sis. <laughs> Uh, everyone assumes she's a man, but she is a woman. Yes. And she sort of like touched on the fact that. Um, Wait, I just had a theory. Oh, God, give it to me. I love your theories. Do you think that the. I don't know if there's been an uptick in the amount of people assuming Francis is a man, but I'm going to assume for the past three years there's been a large uptick because of House of Cards and because of Francis Frank Underwood. Oh, do you think enough people watch that though? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Right. Well, that's it then. And want name their kids after him? Is that what you're saying? No, no but when they see thinking. the name Francis, oh, they think it's I a think man. It's like a name now that oh, we're gonna name our a pop culture name. No, yeah. I bet you people name their kids Underwood though, or something creepy like that. Oh yeah, as a first name. <laughs> that's a good first name for Whip. an asshole. <laughs> that is so. Yes, they're totally naming their kids Whip. Yeah. <laughs> Whip. Whip. Meet my sons, Whip and Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> they will rob you <laughs> and throw you on a train track. Uh, so anyway, that's probably the problem. She should get Netflix to cancel that show and she'll be fine. Good point. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, this um, this uh, oh, sorry. story I saw. No, sorry. I did that. No one knows what we're talking Computer about. Computer problems. <laughs> um, because she also is a doctor. So including like. Yes. Francis you know, a is title. a doctor, yes. it, Yeah, Francis is a doctor, so including a title didn't help her, but also, like, sort of having things taken away when people realize that she's a woman. Anyway, I subscribe to The Lily, which is um, a newsletter from The Washington Post. Which I just signed up for today at your recommendation. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, it is a female-focused newsletter, and they talked, they brought to my attention um, a story about three female physicians at the Mayo Clinic um, who noticed a pattern when their male colleagues were introduced at conferences. They were usually called doctor, but the men introduced female doctors by their first names. So this is something they were kind of like, did you ever notice when? Yeah. But then they actually did like some research. And so like real nerds do, mm-hmm. smart people. Went um, to a bunch of medical conferences and yeah. watched people get introduced. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And so um, three of the doctors began researching and they found that male introducers 
used professional titles for female doctors 49% of the time on first reference, but introduced male doctors by their titles 72% of the time. That's a damning figure. Yes. Um, So one of them said, while I have to assume it's inadvertent, the the effect is to put me in my place as less than. Yes, definitely. Isn't that fascinating? That's why I ask that you always call me Dr. Morgan. <laughs> but you've never done it. Well, 0% of the time have I introduced a fake And I doctor. can only think it makes, it's to put me in my place. Yes, as a non-doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, actually. Well, point made. It's very clear. <laughs> but sometimes I do feel like I am, you know, I will point out sometimes when things don't seem fair mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes I think people are like, well, you're you just think that you jump to this conclusion yeah, because you're of sensitive. I'm a female you feminist snowflake. Yeah. You're a my period. <laughs> yeah. You're so sensitive. I am. Yeah. You're born in 1983. <laughs> yeah. Didn't grow up with digital. Now I have it. I'm so confused and I'm sensitive about it. And sometimes it's like you might notice something. I mean, these smarties like actually did some research about it, but it doesn't mean that the things that you notice aren't real. Yeah. Well, don't you remember? I can't remember the scenario at all. So probably not. I don't remember. But there was like a (laughs) there was like a picture from something. It might have been like RNC or DNC or something. And it was like Congressman so and so and so and so posed with a woman. But the woman was also a yes, congressperson. I do remember that. And it was like, how sweet of you to assume that it's just a dumb lady yeah. who doesn't even have a job. Yeah. 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 You're right. So sometimes your hunches are... Um, dead on. Dead on. So do some research. Post about it in New York Times. And next or time someone post, introduces you as like lady so-and-so, be like, it's doctor lady. Yeah. Motherfucker. So do I introduce you now as Lady Morgan Obadowski? <laughs> Thank God, finally. That's what it took. That's what it took to get there. Yeah. Okay, lady. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm. We encourage you to follow us on social media at Drunk Word Nerds. And furthermore, to submit your questions. To Thank you, Lady Morgan. DrunkWordNerds at gmail.com, where a lady will reply to you and never a gentleman. Mm. I don't think he checks that account. I don't think so. Neither do I. So, really, just one lady. <laughs> she does such a good job, though. But the gentleman will constantly remind the lady to respond to the email. Yeah. Makes for a real fun dynamic. Oh, mm. well, hashtag marriage <laughs> and podcasting. <laughs> Hey, sluts, welcome to the show. Oh, my God. Wait, is this really the start? No. Uh, (laughs) This has been a riveting production.